Thank you for listening to this edition of the Christian Car Guy podcast. It's brought to you by Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road. Mr. Quick Pick is the opportunity for you to start your own roadside assistance business. If you have more investment energy than investment capital, stop working for someone else. Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road is the opportunity to have your own home-based business, working directly with auto clubs and leveraging a national brand and marketing strategy. Mr. Quick Pick helps people who have run out of gas, lock their keys in their car, or need a jump start. An A-plus rated company with a Better Business Bureau and the three-time winner of the Member's Choice Award for customer service. This could be the chance you've been looking for to serve others at the point of crisis and even share your walk with Christ. So whether you're looking for a business opportunity or in need of emergency roadside assistance, choose Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road, mrquickpick.com. Now sit back and enjoy this podcast of the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. All right, now this is only going to happen if we all work together. Now who's in? In Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Negotiations Bible style. Bible style. Bible. 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 Negotiation Bible style. We're all in this together. Think and grow rich. What? What did you say, Robbie? Yes. Today on a Christian Car Guy, think and grow rich. <laughs> As a young sales manager in the car business, that meant everything to me. So that title, it really attracted me. I was all about selling cars. My life was truly, that was all I could think about was selling cars. So Napoleon Hill's masterpiece, that book, Think and Grow Rich, in my view, is really one of the worst picks for a title in the history of literature. <laughs> Yet, in a way, it was part of his genius to attract what the world values, wealth. And so with that title, I am sure many read it with that in mind, including me. But what Hill outlined in that book was the secret he cleverly hid in each chapter. As he told you in the introduction, every chapter of the book mentions the money-making secret that made fortunes for more than 500 wealthy people. Hill describes the first time that Andrew Carnegie told him about the secret of riches. And here's a quote from the book. If you are ready for the secret, you already possess one half of it. Therefore, you will readily recognize the other half the moment it reaches your mind. Well, the secret, <laughs> the secret after reading the book time and time and time again, until apparently I was ready. Well, in my view, it's best illustrated in the chapter that talk about Charles Schwab and his visit to a steel factory. It was an underperforming steel factory. And he walked in before the shift change early in the morning, and he asked 
the people there, how many pourings, meaning, you know, that, that, that they did on that shift, meaning how many times did they do, did they work together to get the molten iron turned to steel ready to go into the molds? How many pourings did that shift, you know, get together? And so he took that number, which I recall was six, and he put it, took a piece of chalk and he wrote it on what would have been a big concrete floor right there in the middle of that plant. Well, the next shift came in, naturally hearing a big boss wrote a six on the floor. <laughs> and so it was extremely clear as a way to encourage a better result, as you might guess, that next shift, when they got done that day, they wrote seven. They crossed out the six. And so here comes the next shift later that night. Guess what happens? They now work together and get eight pourings done, so they wrote an eight on it. And before you know it, that plant was the number one producer of steel in all of Carnegie's plants. Now look closely at this secret now that Napoleon Hill has outlined for us. It's the curse of the Tower of Babel reversed. Right? What happened? When we work together, we can accomplish anything. God himself said it in Genesis 11 on that whole day. It says, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of man had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Now, nothing they could propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So you can see what happened at Babel. They worked together and they made this and God said, wow, if they work together, they can do anything. So now fast forward to the book of Acts, chapter 2, the very first verse of Acts, chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all gathered in one place, in one Honda. <laughs> they were all in one accord. <laughs> so do you see what's happening here? Look closely at Ezekiel eleven nineteen. A lot of people know this verse is getting the heart of flesh, but listen to what Ezekiel said because he not only mentions the spirit, but he says something else very clearly in Ezekiel eleven nine. It says, then I will give them one heart. You see, they were all in one accord. I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, and I will take away their stony heart, and I'll give them a heart of flesh. Unity, one heart, the body of Christ. Together, we can change the world. Getting us all into one Honda, though, is quite difficult <laughs> if you've ever tried it. So my question to all of us listening today is when has that played out in your life? A team was forged. Everyone got on the same page, same purpose, and amazing things were accomplished. This is Super Bowl weekend. Maybe it was a coach that had you on a team that worked together. It's kind of cool that Super Bowl weekend we're talking about team, but we would love to hear your story. 866-348-788 for you. This is a live show, and we have lines open. We would love to hear your one accord story. Hopefully it was your church or your men's or ladies group, 866-348-7884. And speaking of one accord, how about Bill Mixon? Bill, he's we, we, with us, our insurance guy, but part of my team. But, Bill, what have you got for us today? I thought about a story that brought four of my teams together. It was the PTA, our church, a men's group, and the Cub Scouts. It's really a, a fascinating part of my life that really changed a lot of things in uh, my faith walk. We had bought a new home, and after we bought the home, 
we realized we were in one of the worst school areas possible for our daughter. So the year before she started elementary school, before she started kindergarten, we were trying to decide whether we should move because it was really the worst elementary school in the system. And after praying, I remembered all my mother had done in the PTA, and I said, well, maybe the answer here is that we needed to get in and see if the situation could be fixed. So I went in, and I volunteered, and they said, well, do you have a child here? I said, no, but I will in a year. And they looked at me a little bit strange. <laughs> but I started tutoring, and the second person in our school district, uh, Dr. Short, had decided that she was going to get back into being a principal, and she came in and took over this school, and she was fantastic. She went around to all the uh, big companies, as she worked out so the employees could come on the clock and come in and help tutor, and we had like 200 tutors in that school a week, Wow! and we went from the second worst school in the district to the second best in no time. So the school district decided, well, we could fix this. <laughs> so they redrew the lines and they brought in this great big 300 apartment complex, Hispanic predominant, low income neighborhood into our school. And I mean, overnight, the half the kids, English was a second language. And the poor teachers were just absolutely pulling their hair out by clumps. And the PTA, we had a phenomenal PTA set up, and we were trying to figure out what could we do. So I decided that um, a Cub Scout program might help. I wanted to get to know these kids, and I got some friends from my men's group, and then I got the church to put in some money. And we had to figure out where to set it up. And I walked into this great big um, low-income apartment complex, and I introduced myself to this nice manager of the complex. And I said, ma'am, you don't know me, but um, I've got some friends, and we'd like to set up a Cub Scout den in this area. And we were wondering if we could work something out. And she says, let me understand you. You, you want to come in and set up a Cub Scout program and in this apartment complex. I said, yes, ma'am. She says, well, hold on a second. And I remember I could picture her opening her drawer and pulling out some keys as she walked over and she says, you know, we really don't use this meeting area much, but I'm going to have a new lock put on this closet door. You can put everything you want in here. Here's a key to the building. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Here's a key to the building, and you can use this facility anytime you So you can you almost say to. God opened the door. <laughs> Man, my jaw dropped. I mean, <laughs> my head was swimming. And um, in no time, we had just a wonderful, wonderful Cub Scout program up and running. Uh, we took the kids to uh, Boy Scout camp, first time they'd ever done anything like that. We were bussing, using the van, and bringing all these kids to church every Sunday, and they were bringing all their friends. I mean, if the police had ever stopped that van, <laughs> it was crammed full. What a team. What oh, happens when we all get in the same Honda, in this case a bus? <laughs> what happened with you in one accord? We would love your story. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. When we come back, we're going to hear more.
we're all in this together <laughs> from high school musical of course you know with my young daughters i've had plenty of opportunities to watch that and the and the message that's in there is not unlike the message that you'll find in think and grow rich or the message that you'll find in acts chapter two or the message that you'll find in ezekiel is that one heart what jesus prayed for in the high priestly prayer is that we would all be one and in doing that we see some amazing things but it's hard to team up and and what are some of the things that we can team up on those are questions that we have today on the christian car guy show we are going to get to teaming up to buy a car maintain it drive it well what does it mean to have a team in that and coming up at the end of the show is our appraisal by the real black book that's where we search the bible for hidden treasure cry out for discernment lift up our voice for understanding what breaks up a team is envy and strife and backbiting and things like that. So what can Jude verse three help us to see how we can all get in that one Honda? And we're going to share that coming up at the end of the show in our appraisal by the real black book. But we would love to hear your one accord story. I know you got one. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. And of course, we want to encourage you to go to our website, christiancarguy.com. There is an article I wrote on this Think and Grow Rich idea. There are podcasts or previous shows. And speaking of team, the whole team from Christian Car Guy Theater is there with all sorts of episodes from Christian Car Guy Theater and, of course, the team of the Jesus Labor Love. That's car repair labor for single moms, widows, families in crisis. I can't tell you how many times that team has reached out and helped folks, but part of that team is people that need the help. And it's all part of being the body of Christ. So the Jesus Labor Love, it's all there at ChristianCarGuy.com. Ways to that you can support that or find out who's involved in it, all those kind of things. So before we hear your story, I thought I would share my story of unity. You know, one, one that might get your thoughts going. To, oh, I remember when that happened to me. Well, and which, by the way, you can dial now. We have lines open, 866-348-7884. When I was a Boy Scout, speaking of Boy Scouts, is, is Bill. <laughs> I had left Illinois to go to a troop in Michigan because we'd moved to Michigan. And when I got there, there was no, but they started a brand new troop. And I was the only one who had any experience. And so they gave me the patrol that nobody else wanted, all the boys that weren't picked to be in any of the other patrols. We were the Rattlesnake Patrol. And so naturally, I had one very, very, very nerdy individual, nice kid, but, you know, just not well-liked. He was kind of nerdy. And, of course, we had the bedwetter, whose name was naturally Petey. <laughs> I can't help but this was his name was. And we had another kid. He was a pyromaniac. And we had another kid who, um, he was just a, a thief. I mean, he would steal. And, and because of that, he was really unpopular. And, and so you can see this was a group of what a lot of people in the world would call losers. And, of course, I was the lead loser. <laughs> and uh, we were just not the team to get play dodgeball. You know, we would – oh, it was it was ugly. I'm going to just tell you. We would lose uh, – we couldn't hardly compete in so many things that, you know, Boy Scouts would do. At the end of every meeting, they'd have some kind of competition. Of course, Rattlesnake Patrol, we, we didn't fare well. Until about two years into our experience, there came a, a thing called a Klondike Derby. And you may have heard me tell this story but before, but the Klondike Derby is where you make this sled and you take it through the snow 
and being in Michigan, there's plenty of it there. And this particular year, it was like a jamboree. So every troop in the area of Michigan is up there in this big competition to take these sleds pulled by a bunch of Boy Scouts in the troop, in the patrol, the Rattlesnake Patrol in my case, to these different stations. And when you got to the station, you were supposed to do some Boy Scout activity. So, you know, we have no dream. We are the Rattlesnake Patrol. We have no respect. We're thinking we're losers. We have no anticipation of doing anything in this competition. But it is snowing so hard you can't see four feet in front of you. But that doesn't bother us because one of our kids, it just so happened the bedwetter, Petey, happened to be the most amazing compass person on the planet Earth. And so he he just looked at his compass, and we're going that way. And we're like, we're with you, Petey, and that's what, off we go. And so we get to the first station, and we don't pay any attention that there's nobody else there. We That's where we're supposed to be, so we're there. And they say, well, we want you to build a fire. Well, <laughs> Remember our pyromania? I mean, this kid could build a fire. One match and, and boof, you know, this thing is, is blazing in the spite of this snowstorm. We don't think anything about it. We go off to the next station, you know, and there you're supposed to lash. Well, here was my nerdy friend. That kid could lash. It, it was an amazing thing. That's a real talent for people that can do it. That means tying ropes together, making putting poles together. So we lash up this thing and, and no problem, and we're off to the third um, station where we're supposed to do some as I recall, some first aid thing, which we had no trouble doing. Well, after that, we are on our way to the fourth station when we come across the greatest sledding hill in the history of Michigan. And so naturally, being the leader that I was, <laughs> I thought, well, we got no chance of winning this thing. Why don't we just sled? Because this is a great hill. So we, we got a wonderful sled, and we got a bunch of boys, and it's a Saturday afternoon, and hey, we got a hill, and it's snowing, we're going to sled. You know? So we had a great time for a couple hours. We thought, well, we ought to go back and see how we, you know, how people might be worried about us. So as we're coming over the hill, and now it's still snowing, but now we can hear this big roar of the crowd, especially our troop is roaring rattlesnake patrol, rattlesnake patrol, because apparently... Nobody else had, had made it past two stations, and we had won the event <laughs> because God had assembled us, right, this team that no one individual could do. What, what, you know, it's like the body of Christ, you see. We had plenty of hands and feet that were able to do things. So the question I have for you is when did God do that in your life? You put together a team from individuals, 866 866- Three four eight seven eight eight four eight six six three four truth. We would love to hear about your team. But Bill, teaming up in life period is a great way. You know, I just to have you as an insurance agent, an attorney, you know, somebody to maintain my car. There's a lot of wisdom in that we can get into in the next segment here. Wonderful. Love to talk about. To have it somebody on your side with many counselors plan succeed. So we're gonna talk about all those kind of teams, but we need your story. We know you got a good one. We'd love to hear it. 866-348-7884. We'll hear your stories and more on team coming up.
Let's get together. Yeah, that's a, something you may have heard all your life. What is this that we can get in one accord? What is this by one heart? What are these things? And how does that play out in your life? How is it that Satan would love to get you to isolate the exact opposite of this? Because Jesus wanted us to be one. That's what he clearly prayed for in his high priestly prayer. Uh, we have got some team tips for you coming up. We've got our appraisal by the Real Black Book. And, of course, the Jesus Labor Love Car Repair Labor for Single Moms, Widows, and Families in Crisis. That's all there at ChristianCarGuy.com. But we would love, we're still waiting on that story. you got to tell us about when you got in one Honda, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Uh, we were talking about, uh, by many plans, or by many counselors too, <laughs> by many counselors, plans succeed. You know, recently my daughter got a speeding ticket and she's 17. So this was a really scary thing. You know, the very first person that I called because I have a counselor in this area is Bill Mixon, my insurance agent. Bill, what does this mean? Well, I had a couple calls this past week with clients that went out and bought a new car and didn't even think about calling their insurance agent. And the car dealer called up, and, uh, and the insurance went through the roof. Young driver with lots of tickets on mama's policy, single mom with one car. And I mean, the insurance was breathtaking. And I had to call up and, and say, you know, we, we, we really need to discuss this. Let's look at some options. Then I had another client who... His girlfriend moved in with him and wanted to add her own with no ex point being before you buy a really fancy expensive car that must have comp and collision it can be very very beneficial to talk to your insurance agent about options and what um, what the final cost could be yeah absolutely and, and and just talk about for a second by many counselors Right, and we're talking about a team, your life team. What does your life team look like? And in my case, I called Bill. Here's the situation. Bill said, "Well, this is what I think," and he gave me two or three pieces of advice. But he said, "Number three piece of advice is Adam Draper, who's a wonderful attorney friend of ours that's on the radio with me on another show I do." He said, "Call Adam," and I was like, "Oh, well, that's a no-brainer." So I called Adam. Adam gave me some more advice between the pieces of advice I got from Bill and the pieces for it. Adam, uh, when we went into court actually on Thursday of this week, I can't even begin to tell you how well that went for my daughter. I'm still kind of blown away by the whole thing. But the thing that clearly illustrated was my wife said, how could you be so stupid? How many, how many times have we, because my wife has, has had some tickets in the past and she was like, why did you never call Adam before? Why did you never call Bill before? Because with you know, in this case, it would have saved us. I don't know how much money had I done this in the past, but the point being that we don't ask for help. And so I did want to share one more story before we get to Bill's Cub Scout story. But this goes to the Jesus labor love, car repair labor for single moms, widows, families in crisis. Why is it so hard to ask for help? Well, those who are really familiar with my story may know that right after I um, – had my last chemotherapy treatment after I had cancer in 1996, my family, we went on a Jeep Jamboree. And in that Jeep Jamboree, uh, 
the last day, somebody left their car out of gear and it came down and it crushed me between the two cars. And the net result of that was I was going to be in a wheelchair for a couple of years and I almost lost my leg. Well, I was relatively, I came to Christ in 91. So understand I've been a Christian now for five years. Now the same young car salesman that was all about think and grow rich now finds himself in this very loving Sunday school class who all come and they built a wheelchair ramp on my house. And it was no small wheelchair ramp because in that particular house I had a really high deck and they took that wheelchair ramp off the deck. And so this wheelchair ramp, I don't know how many feet long it was, but I mean, it was, it was maybe 75 yards of wheelchair ramp to get me out of this house and up the house. And as they're putting this phenomenal effort and all this stuff into my house, I looked at my Sunday school teacher and I said, I just don't understand. I've never done anything for anybody. Why would you guys do this for me? I just don't understand. And he looked at me and he said to me some words that I'll never ever forget and I think are great wisdom. He said, Robbie, we would love to do this for more people, but people rob us of the blessing by never telling us they need help. Let that sink in a minute. How many times did I need help? And I robbed somebody else of the blessing of telling them I need help. What does that look like? Well, it looks like team. (laughs) It looks like coming together. It looks like getting into one accord. But part of getting into one accord is somebody that needs help or something that needs doing. And that's part of being the body of Christ. Now, getting back to our Cub Scouts that, that Bill had, right? We got all the the um, people, the Hispanics that, that were living in this in this big apartment complex he talked about in the first segment. Bill, there's there's some other stuff you wanted to share. Well, we had three three leaders in the Cub Scout group, and life changed for two of them, and my workload with the Cub Scouts increased. We had uh, my third year as treasurer of the PTA, which is a no-no, and uh, we had me running a, my son's soccer team, they said if I didn't coach, he couldn't play. And I got to say, I'm not the first one you want to choose to be the soccer coach. So I am praying up a storm. Well, these two fathers come up to me and say, you know, we used to coach our older son's soccer team. And uh, we were thinking it might be fun to teach our coach our younger son's soccer team. But we've got one condition. I said, well, what's that? They said, we really think two coaches are enough. <laughs> oh, that was just a <laughs> I, I, I wanted to just cheer, but I held it back and said, certainly. And then I get a phone call and somebody says, well, I just moved down here from New York. I was treasurer of the PTA up there. And I talked to the principal and said, I really would like to get um, get involved in the PTA. And the principal said to call you. And I'm going, oh, wow. And then I'm thinking about the Cub Scouts and I get a phone call and this person says, you know, we want to set up something called Kids Cafe. And the property manager at the complex said that we needed to call and talk to you about it. And I said, well, why in the world do you need to call and talk to me about it? They said, well, one, she said that if uh, somebody didn't go around and introduce us to the parents, that the parents wouldn't be the least bit in- interested and the kids probably would be difficult to round up. But we've got a church right across the street from the apartment complex. We've got three different churches that have come together that want to do this. And we've got 12 volunteers per night that we want to spend an hour providing food, an hour playing games, and an hour of tutoring. I said, you've got 
12 volunteers? They said, no, we've got 12 volunteers for each night of the week from three different churches. And I said, you're going to do this to help the kids get better in school and you're going to feed them? She says, yes. And I said, you know, sometimes when you pray, God can answer the prayer so much better than you can possibly imagine. And it was just wonderful to see how in four years that this this problem with the, the PTA got fixed and the problem with the school got fixed and the problem with the church got fixed. And thank God my son got some better coaches because he went on to play high school, high school soccer before it was all over. And I'm not sure that would have happened if God hadn't come in and it helped me pass my team off onto somebody that was even better equipped to do it. We've got to pray through these situations. We've got to realize that with a little bit of prayer and a little bit of looking and listening that we can be part of greater and greater teams as we move through life. And part of our life really is is everyday stuff, and God's very involved in that. And so when it comes to buying a car, now I've got to go out and buy a car. Well, who's on your team? You know, in a lot of cases, you, you've got a parent that would love to help you with that process. You know, am I afraid to ask for help? Or, or maybe even have a son. In my case, my son sells cars today. <laughs> he really does. Over at, I'll, the shameless plug at a Chevy, Chevy store here in town. Well, he's my favorite car salesman. That's right. He sold you the car. His father retired. His father <laughs> used to be my favorite car salesman. But anyway, who is on that team and what's the purpose of the team, you know? Uh, uh, I thought it was really cool. There's a new movie out called A Dog's Purpose. I heard a, a, a spot for it that my father and I went and saw. And clearly, what Charles Schwab illustrated that got that team going is, what is the purpose? What's the purpose of you buying that car? What's the purpose of maintaining the car? What's the purpose of keeping insurance on the car? And how can we get all the team on the same purpose? What does that look like to be one heart? Well, we got so much more coming up in our Praise by the Real Black Book. We still would love to hear your story. 866-348-7884. All right, now this is only going to happen if we all work together. Now who's in? How beautiful is the body of Christ. I mean, it's, it's more than we can really, really imagine. And it's time on the Christian Car Guys show to move into our appraisal by the real black book. Of course, we're still plenty of time. If you got that story about being in one Honda, 866-348-7884 is the number to call in. But the appraisal by the real black book is where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, cry out for discernment, lift up our voice for understanding. Well, what breaks up a team is quite often envy, strife, 
backbiting, those kind of things. You may have experienced that when you had a team at one point in time and all of a sudden things start to come undone and you wonder what in the world happened. Well, Jude, it is, it's, it's one of those books that doesn't have any chapters, so it's pretty easy to find stuff in it. <laughs> but Jude verse 3 says something that I think could really help us, that I had seen in a new light this week, and I'm sort of a play in words saying I saw it in a new light, but anyway. Beloved, while I was very diligent, this is quoting Jude 3, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. You see where it said concerning our common salvation? Now, what William Gurnall wrote on that I, I, is another one of those things that just get stuck in my mind. I can't get it out. He said that common salvation is not unlike sunlight that everyone enjoys in the same way without standing in another person's light. And, and there's no, <laughs> have you ever envied why somebody else got more sunlight than you did? Well, maybe the people in Sweden do because they're, they're, I don't I know. got sunburned <laughs> real bad one time. But the point of it is, is Jesus' love is all the sunlight you could ever need. You could never want for more. I mean, it's all there. It's all available all the time. And the, the purpose of envy, there's no reason for it. Because you're going to have all that you ever wanted. You're going to have way more than that. But Satan is going to trick you into believing that those riches, <laughs> you see, he's got more than I got, or he got that promotion I should have gotten, or why is it that, that this sickness happened to me, or why is it that this happened and Satan comes to take this wealth that God gave you of being part of the body of Christ, being, did you hear the beginning of that, how beautiful verse that she sang? bride of Christ, the light of looking for your Savior. He is coming. I don't know what your circumstances are today. They may be really, 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 really difficult, but he's coming, and it's going to be beyond beautiful, and in the meantime, he would love it if we could all get in that Honda together, (laughs) right, Bill, if we could get together on this purpose of uniting people in the body of Christ. I think one of the problems are that when we were little, we had things said about us and around us, and we saw unloving and heard unloving things, and that gets buried deep in us. And we had these conversations, and we look at ourselves in unchristian-like ways, and we think when we look at ourselves and think of ourselves in those unchristian-like ways that that's the way others think about us, and that puts walls Oh, there's no doubt. It puts walls. And we're afraid that somebody else's agenda is going to get ahead of ours or that their agenda is not right. And then we get into this judging thing. And there are all sorts of things that, you know, again, it's an interesting thing. When you when I think about your story, Bill, and you're talking about how God, he kind of orchestrated it so that these tutors came in, right, which are helpers. They came in at the beginning of your story when all these people that were working for the person that was a president of the PTA, and they came in again through the church at the end of your story. Didn't you say that there were 12 tutors or 12? Three different churches. Right. 
for every night of the week. Right. So, you know, you're talking about 60 volunteers. That's quite a team. That's quite a team that God assembled to put together. We got a caller calling in real quick. We'll see if we can get to this um, this call because I'm sure they got a story. We got just a minute left to do, and 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 we'll get that. But your story illustrates a wonderful point um, that teams come together almost like they're ordained to do that. We got Ann is in Huntersville, North Carolina. Ann, have you got a? We just got a couple minutes. I got, know, uh, I know. I'm going to be I'd... really fast. All right, do uh, it. For one thing, I just want to say we. I'm so blessed to being on board with one accord with you and the CCGT team, and that has been a blessing. The Christian Car Guy Theater team, but also um, I think of that verse. How wonderful show, by the way. How wonderful when brothers and sisters can dwell together in unity. There's nothing sweeter. And years ago, a thousand years ago, when I was at uh, in Hollywood, California, I went Hollywood Presbyterian Church, and I decided. I, I felt the Lord say to start a, a, a little group of Christian actors, and it all started with just one meeting one night in 1987, and there were 12 of us, <laughs> very symbolic. But out of that came, I mean, came this whole, just being faithful to take that one step, just as, as Bill, I believe, was saying about his, his I love that Cub Scout group, and, you know, and, and all that you've been saying, Robbie, and, and just taking that one step turned into this huge organization, Actors Co-op, and it became, you know, we had two equity waiver theaters on the campus of Hollywood Press. There were marriages. There were children <laughs> that came out of that. I mean, it's just, it, just amazing how, you know, taking that baby step, you know, not being afraid to step out as God leads us, you know. And it so created that, I, yeah, you we, we ended up with a Christian team of actors yeah. That God has used in so many different ways. Incredible. When we begin, and again, I think it's, it, there was a lot of prayer that went into that, writing. Totally. Oh, and it wasn't easy. Let's face it, this is still earth life. I think that's it. <laughs> I think the only way in the world that we can all get in that one Honda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a car, man. Is we have to get a clear sense of purpose from him. That yes. we get a clear idea of what that looks like. And thank you so much for calling in today. You're such a You're blessing. You're welcome. God bless and we, you guys. Thank ho- you. Yeah, we would hope that you guys would keep that idea of team as I kind of put this song together for the end of the show today because really I don't know that I could put this in better words than Twyla Paris did.